0: life we Brought out with chicken, and I thought, you know, I'm looking at the chicken like, yo, this this looks good, but I gotta pick this out. Like I gotta pick it all out. And I he th- sent that shit back, right? What you mean, well, pick I it picked out? it out, but I'm like, yo, this because I, draw I dive, draw <laughs> <dive>. <laughs> Don't die, he draw die, die. cheap
1: suits, He's like, cheap suits, Cheep 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 suits. suits. <laughs> <laughs> <she>? Cheese suits. How cheap? Cheese suits. <laughs> oh, no, fucking great movie. Dude. I love that movie,
2: dude. <laughs> Jesus.
1: In Hong Kong, I'm Michael Jackson. You're Toto. You
2: I mean Tito? Toto is what we ate last night for dinner. Now give me that badge. Oh. Give it. Okay. Welcome to episode two of the Black Life Pod. I'm Alex, and as always, I was joined by Marcus and Brian. Hopefully, you've already subscribed and followed us on your podcast platform of choice. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Life Pod. That's B-L-A-C-L-I-F-E-P-O-D. In case you didn't know, the three of us are black men. In today's conversation, we discuss some of the complexities that come with our complexion. We talk about our experiences in professional settings, intentional or unintentional reminders of our race, talk, and how we grew to understand our parents' tactics in trying to prepare us for the world. But somehow, this all started with a story about my middle school basketball team. So, we had uh, awards at the end of the basketball mm-hmm. season. And um, we... Me and this other kid, we went in the coach's office to get something. Like everybody on the team voted. So we went in the coach's office to get something for whatever reason. And we, he had the list on his desk. Like we just happened to okay. see it, right? It's like, oh shit, Alex, you want MVP.
1: I was like, well, oh, man, I, he- oh. <laughs> I
2: was like, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? So we had the banquet at the end of the year. Okay. And, uh, I got MVP, but I got co-MVP with this other, this white dude. Oh, man. I mean, he could hoop. He was straight, but. Okay. He was only there like a quarter of the season. He went to some baseball uh, camp or something in the middle of the season. Okay. Left us high and dry. Right. Right. So you know when he announced my name, everybody clapped and shit. You know, and <laughs> announced his name, it was that weird, like awkward clap. Like you got to clap just cause he was <laughs> like two team. claps in the right, audience, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so then, like later, whenever we all reconvened, there was like, "Who voted for him?" There's like, "I ain't vote for him." You vote for him? I'm like, no, I ain't vote for him. So clearly, I mean, th- this particular coach had uh, uh, a a uh, checkered pass with. Uh, mm. Black players, okay. um, so I think he, that may may have made him a little
1: uncomfortable, right, with me being uh, MVP. Well, Alex, already Alex already jumped into it, but I was going to say things that happened. Do you think they happened because you were a certain a certain race? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, man, yeah, dude, no. shit. <laughs> bet, uh... He chose the white kid. He wasn't even there, though.
2: What even there, dog? Come on, dog. What's the what other? And this this was before everybody get a ribbon.
1: Oh, you know what right. I'm oh, so the, you, you weren't so getting it was even like no, no. no participation no. shit. He just like he said Alex no. and uh uh, right. uh you Jimmy right right <laughs> right right.
0: right. <laughs> every, everybody everybody wasn't a co MVP. I got
1: best offensive player
2: and MVP. Like we voted on it. This hold this, on hold
0: on. You got co MVP.
2: You don't Don't Look I got MVP Fuck all that <laughs> <laughs> They know the truth yeah, They know the truth they, they know the Is truth It's said
1: Jimmy and Alex <laughs> dude. He was second
0: <laughs> We only got one trophy uh, Dog, the, the, the coach
2: ran up out of that uh,
1: Hell yeah dude
2: Out of there so fast Hell yeah He knew
1: he was wrong That's fucked up man Co MVP kind of shit is this? First time in seven hundred years, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Damn, dude. Yeah, that shit was trash. Yeah. Well, unfortunately a lot of it in my lifetime is at work, but it may it puts me in a spot where I need to feel like I have to act, you know, extra to uh to accommodate for my size and my skin color dude
2: what do you mean by extra
1: y'all know yeah so there's only like a few people on the face of this earth that like know how like you know the real me like i'm not you a teddy bear bro. no no what's the real what's the real like you you know sometimes i might have like a shorter temper not a short temper but shorter Temper, you know, like shorter than short or like shorter than <laughs> shorter than long, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but. <laughs> but like, you know, a lot of times at work, like people when they when they feel like they get to know me, it's just like, oh, you know, he's just a big teddy bear. You know, he's super nice. You know, but it's like always every I am to an extent. Man, I'm not nice at work at all. Oh well, yeah, but at yeah, all, but you got a complex. PTSD. Yeah,
2: PTSD and shit. <laughs>
0: Therapy and shit. <laughs> I think I, I'm pretty sure I've already mentioned this, but like one of the guys that I managed, he, and I was going, he, <laughs> I think it was like the first week. This dude was like, he told he told another girl on the team, he talks so violently. <laughs> <laughs> I was strict because we had deadlines yeah. to meet, right? But see, we Right, but got I had ta- shit ready on Thursday. Yeah, he said, "Yo, put I told you that." He said, right. <laughs> but I but we had a team meeting one day and I was like, "Hey, yeah, I was like, "Hey, I heard you had some concerns, you know, about my leadership style." And at first he was like, "No, no, nothing." And then I go, "Are you sure?" And then he then he tell me, "Yeah, I think you know you're a little you, t- you speak violently sometimes." And I go, I didn't mean to say it like this. And I was like, so do you feel
1: like I'm threatening your life? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what? violent. You probably are
2: violent, angry
1: man. He said, and if you don't have it in but by Thursday, saying, that shit is a wrap. And they like thinking like, is he going to kill us? But you really just mean like they going to get fired or something?
0: <laughs> I mean, my goal is to not have anybody get fired unless it's like a repeated offense. But no, like this is the first <laughs> 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 but no and I, and I was like well how how is it that i speak violently to you and, and i guess and this is something that I, I i feel like i have to do in the workplace i i feel like i have to be i have to present myself in a certain manner or else people really won't take me seriously at all why because generally i going to say all the positions i've worked in besides the military and even on my team now, I am the only black person on my team. Mm-hmm. And for the last three contracts I've been on, it's always been that way. I'm
1: the only black manager in this entire fucking company. <laughs> it's a big-ass <laughs> ass company, dude. It's a big-ass company. Yeah, you yeah. Break, you
2: break, breaking them glass, ceilings. Hey, I see you? This shit is trash, dude. So,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, if, 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 I, if I come across violently because I'm not, not – because I – it's not because I speak aggressively. It's just I'm stern <laughs>
1: and I'm strict. Like turn the motherfucking paper in on Thursday at <laughs> eight thirty two a.m. Dude. you be giving? They think he'd be thinking he's mad because he'd be giving like a specific time eight thirty two. Damn, dude. he said eight thirty two, eight thirty three.
0: You're late. <laughs> I, I'm not that bad, I don't think. But well, still, somebody like think you violent. I mean, yeah, we we got over that. We got over that. But <laughs> what
2: is it? What is it that you find yourself like doing or? Aware of because of your race,
0: I th- I feel as if I have to make sure that I am known. Um, because with that, it's if I don't set, let's say, the president's in the beginning, like this is who I am and I'm all about this business. People aren't going to take me seriously. People aren't going. People are just going to look me over. Um, and I have to set that in the beginning, the very beginning, as soon as I open my mouth, because. If I if I don't, then I I won't be taken seriously, and I'm not saying I have you had fun. that happen
1: before, where you felt like you weren't serious enough and people didn't take you seriously. Oh All yeah, that? yeah. But and because I mean, you're black, or just because you're goofy?
2: <laughs> shut up, man.
0: <laughs> but you you ever, you ever get that comment? Because I get the, I've gotten this quite a few times over the last few
2: years. You're so well spoken. Yes. Yeah, I get, and that. and I'm like. You, would, right. you wouldn't know it from listening to me now. Hell no. Right, right. I get that but shit But I'm just a lot. saying, like,
0: <laughs> at, at, at fucking work, like, they're not giving us compliments that this white dude is right here. Well, why am I getting expected? it? Dude, <laughs> like, because it's
1: already expected, It's already yeah, expected. it's already expected that they act a certain way because, like Alex said, they already have a preconceived notion of how we should act. And when right. we don't act and that way, it, then they're surprised because- yeah, it's, it's a, a surprise. surprise.
0: And, that's, and I guess that's why I have to have a certain image at work too. because it does surprise people. Well,
2: I mean, it's a- generally you're going to have, you're going to be different around your friends and your family than you are at work. But it's almost like you have this extra baggage with you. You know what I'm saying? You don't just come in with like, you know, I got a degree. I've worked X amount of time. I got this under my belt. It's like in the back of your head, it's like,
1: and hey, you black, you black too. Hey, hey you <laughs> black, black too. Huh? <laughs>
2: You hey, black. You're black. Don't dude. forget
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking at you. You black. They're looking at you. Look, look at them looking at you. Right.
0: right. I'm like, damn, they're looking at me, dude. <laughs> they are. I'm not going to. I'm always scared. Like, I, I know I'm not going to get fired, but I feel like I'm at the shorter end of the stick just because I am the only minority up in here. So I have to prove myself more
1: than everyone else. Yeah.
2: Work twice as hard for half as much.
1: Only because, only because uh, Alex brought this up, but. Um... You know, when because I have a situation where there's this I told you all this already, but this is like prime example. Have you ever been in a situation where uh, somebody made like a terrible joke and you got to you got to kind of laugh it off? Not laugh it off like ha ha, you know, like I ain't tap dancing, but like I don't want to be like the troublesome, like the complacent black dude. Like, oh, that was kind of, you know,
2: I, I haven't had it at at work. But I've had it. Yeah. yeah, I mean we've we've all had the, the the either it's either the it's like the comment they think is funny yeah. and don't realize why it's not exactly or, it, or it's the um they they too familiar yeah.
1: and not to say not to say that they haven't like everyone has been in a situation where they're uncomfortable but y'all know specifically exactly what I'm talking about because it's a joke that is perceived by us as too far but might not be perceived by them as too far
2: what's the story you got to tell a story b tell the short yeah, version
1: the story is uh the uh so there was another there's a supervisor that um was making fun of uh middle names and he was going around the room asking people with their middle names and uh you know I always you. <laughs> i always i always make the joke like my shit is classified right because first off My middle name is none of your business. And second off, you know, it's just, you know, to me, it's funnier this way. Like, you don't need to know my middle name, you know. So he came to me. I was like, it's classified information, man. I can't tell you. You know, he's like, oh, come on. What is it, like Jamal or something? (laughs) Why would my middle name be Jamal, (laughs) You know what I mean? Why wouldn't it be Jamal? Get out of here, dude. (laughs) anyways so luckily i was just like oh man like you know you just make this you make that face like ah, come on <laughs> you know and then uh his uh boss was like go home he's like wait what he's like just go home because he's a third shifter so he was going home anyway but he had to stop before he went home and make this terrible fucking joke and then <laughs> he's, like, he's just like go home before i suspend you and he left he, he left he was like i'm sorry were you offended by that and i was like nah you know it's just joke. Tell a joke. You know, you know, tell a joke. You was mad. I was, God, yeah, yeah, you I'm was mad. as fuck, dude. I was about to go catch my side, dude. How about you that? You
0: know, Alex, I, I, something you told me back in college, and I've and i and I've already I've said this story plenty of times to you, but it always stuck with me because I don't think I had tough skin um, in college in before that at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember that? I, I was on the phone with someone. Can't remember that girl's name, Roxanne. I, I guess the whatever whatever guy that Roxanne was with at the time took her phone and was like, "I don't speak nigger." And I said, "What?" Oh, yeah. And he said it again. And I was about to go over and kill I was it. right behind you, dude. <laughs> but Alex was just like, "Calm yeah. down, calm down. This is the shit you're gonna have to be putting up with while you're here. I don't
1: want to go to this school no more, dude." <laughs> <laughs> it was those. I think
0: that was like with the second semester we were fucking yeah, i was right behind i was like yo man let's
2: go rough this dude up man <laughs> for what then you you fucking up your school yeah,
0: yeah exactly but we weren't thinking about that at time, so no man
2: you you if you're black long enough <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: well <laughs> it's, it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah i mean i think that was just the first time like it was just so blatant for no damn reason like no reason yeah at all yeah you Uh, you can
2: go through life acting like you ain't different but somebody or something will remind you of your skin color
0: yeah yeah just about every goddamn day
2: like when i i get out the car and this is even before we had to wear masks everywhere you get out the car and then it's that white lady a couple cars down She's she like,
0: gonna lock her door. No, not
2: even the lock. I'm cool <laughs> oh. with the locked door. My thing is that, is when you move your purse out the way and you put your head down. Yeah. Like, yo, yo. Oh, come on, dog. I got my own money. I'm buying groceries just like you.
0: Yo, Marcus, <laughs> I think it was your I don't know if it was Marcus's or or if it was Alex's your daughter's first birthday. But I was at Baby's RS and I had I don't know anything. And I still don't know anything about the numbers that are on baby's clothes and
1: stuff. <laughs> Clothes. Clothes. <laughs> yeah, double t- or TT. I don't either. I got two kids, though. No? Right. But
0: anyway, so I- I'm looking at these shirts like, I don't know what the hell this means. There's a, there's this random white lady kind of like, not next to me, but she's in like the other <laughs> rack. And I say, excuse me, miss, can you help me with this? She, she looks said, oh, at fuck. me and literally, yeah, she books it down <laughs> to the, like some other aisle. And like I Not that I was chasing her down cause I, But I was like Did this fucking just happen right now? <laughs> so she was down the aisle And I straight up yelled And I was just like Hey I was just asking you What these he numbers mean And she was like
1: Oh Yo It's <laughs> me from, Yo like, oh, it's me Brian help. It's me Brian from earlier dude I was over in aisle five When you ran away Look I just had a quick question <laughs> <laughs> What? I'll
0: be here in baby's IRS About to get arrested and shit Cause I got I don't know what these Freaking numbers mean
1: I I uh, back to like, uh, how you you know changing the way you present yourself and just going that extra mile like, um, that's exactly how I felt when I met Elisa's folks for the first time. And Brian, you know about this because, uh, I called you that same day just because I was taking the extra steps to.
0: Well, that bitch, your ass didn't have phone yeah, signals. so yeah, was- so
1: <laughs> like, and uh, so me and my wife was talking about this earlier this week when you know I kind of shared. You know, we heard what we were talking about, but um we looked at it back then, like, you know, it was funny, we was making jokes about it, but like, no, I really called Brian, like, yo, I'm almost there, I see a lot of trees, we about to start, we about to hit a dirt road, dude, if you don't, yeah, if you don't hear from me in like six hours, like six hours, though. no, 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 listen, dude, six hours, if you don't hear from me in six hours, <laughs> yo, man, come find me, dude, <laughs> you know, like, what are those, but, you know, obviously, as you know, they turned out to be like really cool people. But but, you know, I was I made sure I wore like a really nice button up. I was like, it's going to be a formal affair. You know, she said, you know, her uh, family get together on the weekends or on Sundays and have dinner. Everybody going to be there. I'm like, all right, got to look my best, dude. I want to, you know, I like gotta like this chick, you know, so I want to, you, know, <laughs> you know, look my best, man. I get there. And uh, her brother answers the door And Daisy dudes Y'all probably heard the story Because y'all came to my wedding He told that story But he showed up at the door <laughs> dude, With the shortest shorts That I've ever seen <laughs> And like the pockets were like Longer than the shorts Like so I was just like Yo I'm sitting there in like Slacks and a button up Trying to look my best And presentable <laughs> And he showed up in these Dukes of Hazzard, uh, Booty shorts dude, You know what I'm saying Like just you know, the coolest dude he's not, you know the coolest dude I ever met man one of the coolest people I ever met but why you got to be playing with me like that yeah. dude? It is, you you know? gotta, it's it's always better to be overdressed yeah. than underdressed so especially in those situation yeah. you know her stepdad had the gun by the stairs and <laughs> yeah man, it was you know looking back like yeah. we were like now that, you know, me, we've been having several conversations since George Floyd. And uh right. she's like, looking back, like, we both was like, we both looked at each other like, yo, that was fucked up. <laughs> like, like that, fucked up. that whole situation yeah. was fucked up.
2: Uh, you know, it's always in the back of your mind that you're going to get profiled or something's going to go bad, you know.
1: Black people's perceptions of fear
0: is based on the number of times we ourselves have been racially profiled one story that just came to mind that happened to me a couple years ago i was uh i was driving back from a wedding with one of my friends who was white and we were in indiana and we were in this tiny ass car i don't know like an AVO like size car i don't know if you know what a chevy AVO is but it's basically like mm-hmm. two and a half it's like two doors and that's the whole size of the car mm-hmm. and uh, it's like two o'clock or two p.m three p.m and we're driving back and uh we already drove an hour we got like another hour to go to the airport it's windy as fuck outside or at least it's
2: windy yeah, wind in a small is, ass
0: car Wind is car, trash so, yeah so i'm moving a little bit like I'm, I'm moving like the car's shaking i can't stay in the lane a little bit because it's that windy Anyway, cop, I, I, he's just following me. Lights aren't on yet. He's just following me, following me. Literally 15 minutes, and he puts on his lights, pulls pulls us over. My friend was in the back seat sleeping. She wakes up, and I was like, I was trying to wake her up, like, "Hey, we are getting pulled over right now. I don't know what's about to happen, but I need you yeah, to sit week. up straight." <laughs> right. Cop comes to the car, and he's like, "Where you coming from?" And I go, "Well, we at a we're, we had a wedding yesterday. We're going back to the airport." He goes, "Huh, so, you're going to the airport, huh?" You don't look like you're you need to be around here you don't you don't look like you're from here <laughs> i was like what <laughs> then he asked me for my id and the thing is like uh my i have a michigan id but I, I live in maryland but i've lived in a lot of different addresses the last few years this dude comes back to the car extra quick and was like i need you to get out the car and come back to my vehicle i told my friend i was like yo you really need to get up right now i don't know what's yeah. about to happen <laughs> So I get out the car and he doesn't put me in his back seat because he had a dog back there.
2: Well, that's nice of him.
0: Yeah, so he puts me in the front seat and goes, "So where are you really going?" And I go, "I'm going to the airport. We're going to the airport." He's like, "Huh? Well, I can tell you haven't been drinking, but you don't look like you're around here. And you don't, and you don't look like you're you're yeah. You don't look like you're around here. It's very peculiar that you're here." And I go, "What?" <laughs> I was like sir I could show you my my flight itinerary right now if you want to see it. No, no that's not necessary. And he's just like keep asking me the same same questions. And then he lets me go back into the car. My friends like looking through the back seat like or through the back window like what the hell is going on? Come back. And then I was it. <laughs> I'm like well, what what was the reason of getting pulled over for all that, right? So, you know, my my question to you guys is is that you know, what do you fear most because you're black
2: what do i fear most
0: yeah or what are are your top fears? because you're black like what do you fear that
2: what could happen to you because i get it i'm just trying to think most i got a lot of fears. right
1: top (laughs) top 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 (laughs) three um just fear fear that i don't express myself exactly how i mean to or communicate exactly how i mean to like at work Like, it's just it's like an extra stress added on on top of all the stress that I have to deal with on a regular basis that all the managers have to deal with on a regular basis. Like, it's like an added stress that I communicate and express myself exactly how I mean to at all times. That's like an honest fear of mine. You know, when I was having that conversation with the cop, like anything
0: that I was saying he just wasn't believing so whether it was up for interpretation or not it's like
1: so I think like I think what I just said like (laughs) encompasses all that because if I I put myself when I hear stuff like that I kind of put myself in, in that position and I think the I if I'm sitting next to this motherfucker and he I know that he's armed and he's asking me all these questions and not believing anything I'm saying. I'm still making sure that I'm communicating exactly how I'm supposed to. Like, <laughs> look, I'm going to the airport. Right. Do you want to see my itinerary? It's in the back seat of the car where that uh, chick was sleeping. at. she sleep, dude. She ain't drugged. All right, you know, like just communicating exactly how I mean to at all times, dude. Which is which puts I feel like puts an extra strain on us and you know in those kind of situations.
2: Yeah, my uh biggest fear I mean the obvious one is uh just cops.
1: Yeah I <laughs> like, mean yeah. That should be all of our fears right now.
2: Not fuck right now. It's been my fear for yeah. since I more more so since um like I drive yeah. regularly. Every time I see a cop, my stomach drops mm-hmm. to my feet. And I know I'm not doing it. That's the thing. I know I'm right. not doing anything right, wrong. Right, but
0: they make you feel guilty, right? Like, damn, did I really do something? Like, like
2: I, like I always right. drive the speed limit. I don't pass nobody. I don't. I don't drive the speed limit. We know. Like it's because you got the little fake little fast car. But hey, but I drive the speed limit. Um, you know, my biggest fear is not coming home.
1: Yep, and not being able to like. I think the biggest thing is not being able to explain your side. I don't know. I think that's just with me though, maybe. But like, I don't know. My
2: concern is just that it'll be for some bullshit. Well, yeah. Like, cause I, I'm not doing well, yeah. anything wrong. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have to have this fear when I'm in the car going to Target. Right. Like, it's one thing if I'm doing sixty and a forty-five. Even then, the most I should be afraid of is a ticket.
1: But no, are you afraid of?
2: But the biggest thing I'm afraid of is getting killed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I fear getting plugged and then not being able to, you know, because at least, you no, know, like, I, it took a couple of conversations we had, like, after she was watching all this shit on the news and, like, she was really reading up on her shit, you know, and so we text each other now, like, if I'm heading home, I'll text her, she wants me to text her before I start heading home because, you know, she knows exactly how long it takes me to get home and I come straight home, I don't go nowhere right. at first, you know, so... I text her before I text her when I get in the car, I'm heading home. And then now recently, you know, she started calling me. So we'll talk for a little bit, um, before I head home. But yeah, she, we talked about it one night before we went to bed. She was like, I just want to make sure, you know, coming home and you're going to get home safe, you know? So, right. And I was just like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm a, I'm, Fine, I drive the speed limit. I go a little bit over, you but know. If but if
2: you're any if you're anything like me, you ain't going no faster than everybody else. Exactly. We all exactly. we all doing 80 and a 70. But I'll be like, I'm gonna do 78 just in case.
1: Exactly. I was like <laughs> literally what I was about to say. Like I like people go like 85, 90, go crazy, right? But I I know I'm speeding a little bit. Why do I still have to be worried about going 78 and a 75 and this motherfucker just passed me going 90, right. knowing like he right. won't, he probably won't be touched, but I got to sit here and worry about going 78? And in all honesty, it's a what's the
2: word? It's a um <laughs> I hate to have to say this, but I'm going to say it. I know not all cops are bad. They don't all kill people. But the fact that it even happens and it happens as much as it does and it Mm -hmm. happens disproportionately to people that Mm -hmm. look like me, that's not a fear I should have. If you're going to pull me over, it should be because I did some shit wrong. It shouldn't be to try to find some shit I may have done wrong previously. You shouldn't
1: be trying to, you shouldn't be accusing me of something before it happened. Like, like like you back to what you said like you should be you should be pulling me over you should be stopping me because i broke the law you know something that's already has a stance has a point has you know and i and i broke those boundaries and so now you're stopping me because i broke those boundaries not to intimidate me not to make me feel small or it's like it's like like,
2: it's like an irrational fear because more more often than not you're not gonna get killed
1: but the probability that the fact that the probability exists is the is a problem.
2: Exactly, exactly. My biggest my biggest fear when I leave a house is not coming home, and I don't always have that. But if I'm going anywhere where I'm not familiar, that's when it when it hits me
1: um, the most. I'll be honest, oh, go and
2: and it, and it's the fact that I'm sorry. It's the fact that I might not make it home on the count of. Uh, not even something i did like it's one thing if heaven forbid like i get in a car accident or something like that it's another thing if i get pulled over and i quote unquote resist arrest
1: or whatever yeah, i guess that's what i <laughs> yeah i guess He's that's what a a i mean by like <laughs> i guess you know y'all know me man I'm, my brain is crazy so so i get what you're saying like I guess what I what I said earlier by by not being able to explain your side of it like that's exactly because my brain goes crazy like so when me and Elise started having these conversations and and then like obviously my brain my shit just (laughs) goes loose so then I'm thinking of like if I do get shot in the face or some shit like you know and then they plant something on me and then I can't explain like Elise knows though like they plant like a fucking pound of cocaine in my car and shit she'd be like oh okay that shit is trap that shit is fake. (laughs) Hey that's he don't <laughs> even do that shit. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like but like right. not being able to have a voice. I guess that's why like it's kinda scary to me. That's why it's a fear for me, as far as like being able to communicate that, you know, like not coming home. Like that's it, what was the last thing I said to my kids, you know? Say your ass in bed until mommy get up. I'm about to go to work, dude. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
2: You have to talk about the birds and the bees. And then you have to talk about how to deal with law enforcement. Do not present yourself as a threat. Don't make any sudden movements. Don't don't go off the rails. If you think you know you were pulled over unjustly or you were treated unfairly. Turn the music off. Just turn it down. Don't just do it. Submit. Obey. The objective is to get home. Make it home safely. Make it home alive. Come home. Well, let me let me ask you: When did y'all get the get the cop talk? At what age?
0: I think. I think I I got I got the cop talk I think before I started middle school, but I got I, I got a heavy one. Um, my mom actually got real pissed off at me because I think it was
1: you got, you got, got, a whooping. Whooping. You got a cop talk yeah, and a whooping. Try, I was trying to
0: say it <laughs> like I was try, I was trying to say that didn't happen, but um, I think I was in middle school and uh, Pinewood, the middle school that for like when they had parent yeah. conferences, they'd had yeah. half days, right? and uh so i was like bet there's like a cvs or some shit down the street so i was walking on the sidewalk that was on the far end of the road so there's four lanes two lanes going one way two lanes going the other and then um so anyway i'm walking down the street to cvs it's maybe like a maybe mile down a little over a mile down anyway it's like fall time. I got a hoodie on, some jeans, some boots. On. I'm not sagging or anything, but I got a hood because it's fucking cold you outside. Got a hoodie
1: on, dude. That's all they need, right?
0: And I had some headphones in, jamming out to my Walkman at the time man, or whatever. Yeah, but I was listening. I was jamming out, and I see a cop car pass me. It's like again, it's like midday. It's like noon. I didn't think nothing of it, whatever. But I didn't hear the siren. But then I hear yelling, right? And I'm like, what the hey, hell is going you say on? Yeah, you had headphones. I in? Keep walking a little. Yeah, I had headphones in, so I, but I heard yelling because right. the music wasn't like super loud. But I heard yelling, right? And then I, you know, I kind of slow down and I'm like, whatever. And I keep walking. The yelling starts to get a little louder, so I take my headphones out, right? And then uh, I look towards the left where I, you know, I heard the noise. There's a cop behind his trunk with a gun pointed at me, at least in my direction. Yo, you never told me this, dude. And so I'm looking around like, oh, what the man. fuck is going on right now? And this dude, he's yelling at me, and he's just basically like, get on the ground, you know, the position. And in my ass, I don't know the position. I have no idea what the fuck the position is. So anyway, he um comes over to me after I'm on the ground, puts me in handcuffs, brings me to the back of his car, and basically tells me that I fit the exact description of someone that got called in that has carrying a gun. The apparently fuck, some dude? right. Apparently somebody called in that a kid had a gun or some shit like that. I had an afro, and I'm saying this because I had a lot of like a lot more hair yeah. than I did now, like more hair than I did in college when when uh, Alex when you met me. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm in like it's winter time, so I'm a lot lighter than I am now too. <laughs> anyway, the dude keeps asking me, yo, you know where are you walking to? Where do you live? Where are you going? Give me your ID. Give me your ID. And like I'm trying to reach for my ID, but my hands behind my back, right. like I can't do this shit, right? So anyway, give my ID. All I got is a, a middle school ID. I don't have a government ID. And he's like, I need you to see your ID. I'm like, sir, this is all I have. So I, I got, have. motherfucker, I'm 14, bitch. Right. So <laughs> he's asking me the same questions over and over again. And I don't know how much time has passed. But I'm going to say like a half hour, 40 minutes. Another cop car pulls up. And then the cop gets out. The cop that um, put me in his seat gets out the car. And I hear him talking to the other cop. a cop goes... You know that's not the kid, <laughs> and I'm like, this is my <laughs> So then, a couple minutes later, right? You know, the, and then the guy, the, the, the kid, the, the cop knows where I'm lived at this point because he sees all of my my family's information, right? Because he's asking about my mom, he's asking about my, my older sister and shit like that. And I was like, hey, I was like, sir, can you bring me home? He's asking like, to bring you what? home. I go because you-, you stupid. Well, because I was like. Right, but I was like, sir, you just told me there's someone walking around with a gun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a point. Yeah, sure. fair, you got a point. Fair. Protect yeah, sir, fair. bitch. Right. And he was like, no, get out. He took the handcuffs <laughs> off, and they drove off. And I was like, yo. So, coincidentally, my mom was out of town that, that day. And so, I told her what happened over the phone. She what came home with dude. the quickness. She got so mad, she was like, why didn't you get the cop's name or ID, you know, cop number, this, that, or the other. And I was like, scared. I just, right? And so that's when I had like a a deeper conversation about, you know, what you need to be looking for, what credentials you need to be getting from the cop and stuff like that. And so I
1: at a very young age,
2: (laughs) very young.
0: I mean, I I guess because like I said, I had that talk before, but I think it just
2: did you have it before all that shit happened?
0: No, no. Like I, I, I had a talk. I'm sure, like I, at a young age, right? But I don't remember in great detail about getting, let's say, the cop ID or the cop number and stuff like that. It was basically just make sure if you, something does happen, you're, you are cooperating with the cop, right? I didn't. That's what I got. Yeah, I didn't know what details I really needed to get. So when it came down to it, and we could have said something, I didn't have any information. I think that's also why my mom was really pissed off because. I didn't have I didn't have the information for it. So yeah, I just
1: got the whole. I was just around listening to you know my uncles talk about (laughs) times they you know had to put some hands on people and and then got into some altercations and and then they they, after they talk all their shit to each other, they look at me like, "Don't do that," (laughs) you know, like you know I can't remember how many times I got the you know do as I say not as I do speech. And then, right. uh, and then eventually, you know, my mom and my grandma told me why, why my uncles were in these situations. And so ever since then, you know, I've never been in anything extensive or traumatizing like that, Brian, but I've been in some situations yeah. where like, I know I yeah. told y'all about the story about, uh, when me and Marlon, you know, I was home from uh college one day and me and Marlon was sitting yeah. in, the, uh, in his car because I forgot my charger at school. So I was like, he's like, yo, cool. If I come by real quick, we can just chill. And I was like, yeah, uh, is it cool if I use your, your car char- or is it cool if I use your charger? Because, uh, you know, I forgot mine at at, uh, at school. And he was just like, oh, well, all got guys, my car charger on me right now. I'm like, that's cool. So we, we was chilling in the car and listening to music or whatever and talking shit, you know. And uh, and charging my phone, and uh, we get out, go in the house. You know, we playing Smash or whatever, We playing video games, right? And then we hear the doorbell, and I hear my mom getting loud upstairs. <laughs> so I was, I went upstairs. I was like, "The hell's going on?" You uh, know, you know, the cop came to the door. It was just like, you know, I got a, a complaint of a suspicious activity. You know, uh, a car parked outside this uh, this house, and uh, two suspicious um, people sitting in the car. Mom was like, That was my son and his friend. He's home from college. And uh, he's like, Ma'am, I'm just responding to the call. And she's like, So if I was sitting up, you know, we had this big ass tree in our yard. She's like, If I was sitting up under my tree in my yard picking my nose and somebody called you, would you come check up over here? He's like, I mean, ma'am, unfortunately, I probably would have to. Yeah. She was like, Okay, I'm going to try it next time and it we'll see. You know, she was spazzing. I was just like, Ah, so this is what she's on about. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. she, she was crazy, dude. They called it. She, yeah, I'll I'll have, go ahead. I was gonna say it's crazy. That a neighbor called the cops just because I was home from school charging my phone. That's what I'm saying, man. You know,
2: man. I've I've had a few different run-ins with the cops. I think my personal worst. Um, me and one of my one of my boys. I think I was home from college too. That's funny. <laughs> but uh we was coming back from a a grad party. So we got off the highway and this cop and I only noticed because of what he said when he pulled us over. This cop followed us 4 miles and then pulled us over. So pulls us over. He said, "Do you know why, you know, said whatever. Do you, you know I pulled you over? We're like, no, hell no. Well, yeah, you made an illegal turn at the light um off of two seventy five, and we both looked at each other, and we—I know he was thinking the same thing. Like that was like
1: five. minutes That was like yeah. a while ago. <laughs> Called me like, so long for it, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. So he does whatever. He gets our IDs, and then he makes us get out of the car sit on the curb searches the car no explanation all this stuff of course finds nothing because we just out here you know doing whatever a bunch of non illegal stuff <laughs> just at a grad party like any <laughs> right. other teenager 19 year old you know what I mean and you know <laughs> looking back it could have went much worse but be, since I got the uh, the talk when I was younger, I already knew the deal. I got to talk when I was like 12 and then I got the shit. The talk was a little different yeah, it got when I was revisited, like 16, when you revisited being, it later on. Yeah, when you start being in when you start being in yeah. cars with people yeah, and man. shit, but the the most heartbreaking one um and unfortunately, which is it just shows you how often it happened. It was after some black dude got killed by the cops. My mom calls and I could hear the fear in her voice, and she says, "Alex, do you know what to do if you get pulled over?" Mm. And I'm like, "Yes, mom." Like, you know, it, it's just like it's it's fucking exhausting, dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, I could just hear the trepidation in her voice. Like, you can't help but to internalize when you see this stuff over and over and over again and like i say my big with my biggest fear being the cops i've never had anything happen to me to lead me to believe that i'll be you know i'll be the next one to lead to protests and all that shit right but it's still always in the back of my mind
1: i'm eight years old i'm unarmed and i have nothing that will hurt you Why why
2: would a police officer assume that you did something bad? Maybe because of my skin color. If he tells you to be quiet, be quiet. Do everything that you can to get back to me. Go to jail. <laughs> What's wrong, baby? 12 13 you know like just you know coming through puberty and all that good stuff Uh, my dad more so than my mom was always the one to kind of like remind me i was black like i didn't like i didn't know and shit but you know growing up in the suburbs around Mm -hmm. a lot of white kids so his line was always you ain't a white boy yep but there was never really any explanation as to like what that meant. Like he no. was say if he would say for everything from like if I didn't wear a coat when it was cold to yep. like if <laughs> I if I didn't take a shower after basketball yeah, practice, like, white boys only did that.
0: Why are you why are you, why are you using the the raw soap like the raw bar
2: soap? <laughs> right, but I, I you know I am saying like, but then he would use it for stuff like. Like when I messed up or if I got bad grades, like you can't do that. You ain't no white boy. And I'm like, what does that mean?
1: So like, mom, it's just a B. She'd be like a B. You need to get an A at all times. You ain't white. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, white people get Bs. It was
2: always, you ain't a white boy. So, um, so I feel like that kind of led me to start to identify with stuff that he thought was, quote-unquote black enough yeah you know which in turn um you know most of my friends were white so they're stupid so they're like why are you trying to be ghetto yeah yeah
1: you know
2: what i'm saying (laughs) but but as i'm sure you guys understand essentially my dad was just saying that you're gonna be judged differently
1: he's prepping you dude.
2: yeah you're gonna be judged differently and um you know because you're black, but I didn't see it like that. I, I thought it was something different. So um, it kind of caused me to, at times, shy away from stuff that I liked, you know, because it was viewed as quote unquote yep. white. So my question is, um, what was something that you were taught or something that was said to you about being a black man that may have been detrimental to your personal growth?
0: Hmm. That's a tough question. Dang. The first thing that I think of is, you know, what it means to be a a strong black man, right? And that picture that was painted to me was, you know, someone that was, I don't want to level-headed, but also, you know, not showing weakness. The weakness meaning, you know, you're not showing, you're not crying. Mm -hmm. You're always showing whatever image of what strength means. And to my mom, that meant, you know, stop being a little bitch, <laughs> you know, make sure you are the epitome of what a man can be. And that is being sturdy, being like hyper, hi- hi- hyper masculine. Yeah. Hyper mas. I mean, it was different. It was that hyper masculine, black masculinity. That's, it was just different. It was Same portrayed difference. differently than what white Same masculinity difference. was. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, now it is. But I think at the time, how that was kind of taught to me was there's a big difference between what being a black man is versus someone who's not.
1: I was raised by one parent, so because she had to play both sides, she probably didn't know exactly how to explain properly how to be a black man in America other than, um, you know, raise me as tough as she can be. Like, I remember getting scolded you know, me and my brother getting scolded about stupid shit because, you know, she was just trying to make us tough. So it would it'd be like the simplest mistake. But she'd be like, you can't afford too many of those. You know, like, you know, it's not, you know, yeah. it's not the same.
2: You can't afford to do that.
1: Yeah, you can't afford to do that. So, yep. you know, I, I had that conversation with a, a superior. We're actually the CEO of the company. Uh, when he talked about I I said something and he's like really savvy, you know, like with the words that you use. Cause he's not in this position for no reason. Right. So, uh, he's just like, um, you gotta stop trying to be perfect all the time. And, you know, I took it at face value because I know that he doesn't understand what I have to deal with on a daily basis. Because if I approach everything with that right. mentality, then I leave to me in my brain, I leave space or I leave opportunity for people to judge me exactly exactly how i don't want them to judge me which is you know at face value the color of my skin you know my size you know what i mean so when he's when he tells me things like right. that it's like extra shit i got to think about because i can't afford i can't afford to be making mistakes he's like look you got to it's taking you too long on this project you know you got to stop trying to be perfect all the time but i feel like if i don't try to be perfect all the time and it's i make the exact ass. same mistakes <laughs> yeah i make the same mistakes as some of my some of my uh co-workers then I get judged way harshly, you know what I mean see
2: I think with um with my uh, you know I, I had my mom and my dad, my dad, like I say, he was always the blackety black black blackety black black <laughs> <laughs> more more so than my mom, but the thing was my mom she um you know she she dealt with a lot of that quote unquote corporate type of stuff um because she was a smart black woman and not so much where she worked because she worked where she worked was predominantly black but when she was working with people from the state and um what she understood about me which i don't think my dad did which kind of led to us clashing was that like i've told y'all before i'm introverted so i'm quiet you know i don't i don't make a lot of facial expressions (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You you won't know how I feel unless you ask me, and if you ask me, you might not believe what I tell you because I'm not gonna give you a lot to go off of. (laughs) So my dad was like, you know, you can't be in there just being quiet. You got to speak up. You got to speak up. You got to let them know. Like you got to be noticed. You got to yada yada yada. You know. Whereas my mom was like, no, like it's okay. Like you can be who you are. You just have to be aware. Whereas my dad was like, no, you gotta. A plus, A plus, you know, so it was, it was always that thing. Like you say, Marcus, where you, you gotta, you gotta be perfect. And I think not until, honestly, not, I mean, this is related, but it's not related, but not until they died, did I kind of like let that shit go. And it's not for trying to impress them so much as that was a turning point when I realized that dog, you ain't. Got it, and you ain't gonna have it for a while. So, like, and that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be all right for you right. not to have it, and whatever that right. it is, in whatever moments they are. But I think growing up, and it's probably like that for a lot of us. It's like that constant, like invisible pressure. Yeah, like
1: the constant, like
2: to be better than and be more and have to yeah, represent constant
1: eyes on you, like the constant judgment the constant like you always in the spotlight dude.
2: I think there's a way to and you know my parents and my dad you know I've never fought them I always believed they did the best they could with what they knew but I think for my kids and the same thing I try to instill in my nieces and nephews is like there's a way to teach that without it causing some sort of anxiety or being detrimental You know what I mean?
1: I think I think, I agree, but I think – and I might be brainwashed. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with the way I was taught because it it was kind of like a – it was open-ended. It was open-ended. Like, they taught you – Yeah, there was a sense sense of pride. pride. It was, you know, you learned about the history. You learned about, like, all the things that we learned about, like, which, you know, in some of my conversations with my wife, like, finding out that her school just never even taught anything about black history. Like, just, you know, like, it's – I appreciate some of the teachings. I'm not.
2: I'm not talking about what you're taught. I'm talking about how it's taught. Okay. I completely agree with what I was taught, but the way you go about it is all. Well, like, so
1: if it's presented to you and then it's left open ended, like I feel like it was open ended because they gave me an opportunity to judge for myself.
0: I mean, I feel like my mom really. I think yours is a little extreme, though. She really. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) I think she. I think the way my mom taught me about what it means to be black in this society. Like she really, I think tried to instill like a certain fear. And, and uh,
2: that's, that's, that's the same way I feel. You yeah, don't, you don't, but it was, it, there's a way to do it. And I don't know if I'm going to end up doing it right, but it's a way to be done where it doesn't, you don't have to be fearful. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, fear is also what helps keep you safe. Right. But if you're f- fearful of something, your natural instinct is to survive by any means. So I think, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't change the way that she taught me because I feel like the fear that I've had and still have, it's gotten me this far. And um, it's it has protected me in certain situations, because most of the time. If certain situations arise, worst case scenario will
1: happen because we're black. So uh, maybe I'm a dummy because I don't I guess I never looked at it like fear. I get what you are saying, though, like the you know, they tell you about certain situations and then you, just the natural fear that you get from feeling like that could be you. Like, yeah, but I,
2: I my whole thing is and again, it's what my dad uh you know, for for a while until I got older, he didn't quite. I don't think he ever quite understood me, cause I was I was different than he was. You know, he was sports and all that. He grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood with black kids and all that stuff. I hooped, but I was a music dude. I'm the same person I am now is who I was back then, more or less. And it was different than from what he was. So. I think I think his fear of what could happen to me kind of manifested itself into him putting that fear into me. Okay, As opposed to just making me aware of the possibilities. Right. Of what could happen. And I think that's the. The attack that I hope to take with my daughters and I hope I've taken with my nieces and nephews is to, yo, these are the types of things that can happen be aware. You don't have to go into the world world fearful of them happening. You need to be aware and I'm going to teach you X, Y, Z of how to navigate as opposed to like what my dad was just saying. You ain't no white boy. Like what yeah. the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where I had to put it together just because he didn't have the language to fully un- to fully articulate what he meant. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I get that. I think I think I've been trying to figure out how I uh, approach that with my daughters, too. Um, but I think at that at that point, I would just do the same thing that my mom and my grandma did. But I see what you're saying. Like, I guess I never thought too far in depth about what they were saying. But the message, and maybe the message wasn't correct. But <laughs> there's been situations where I'd be like, shit, man. Yo, I ain't them, so I can't get away with certain shit. I can't get away with that shit, right?
0: Because so. at the end of the day, there's truth behind what they're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. obviously, it is. the way they they're conveying it is exactly. Yeah,
2: it's just exactly. it's just like, um, I I don't want to pass on my fear or my irrational fear to my kids. Right, right. I want them to be aware of the situations and you know, understand the situations they can get themselves in or the situations that they may find themselves in through no fault of their own. But I don't think it's, it's not, it's not healthy for me to leave the house and be afraid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? More, more often than not, that's just, that's not a healthy way to live. But I mean, what, I mean, that's what choice do I have? (laughs) You know? So I would hope my, I would hope, um, My nieces and nephew or my daughter would, when they drive, like they'll see a cop and all they'll do is look at their dashboard like, oh, I'm going 45. I'm good. Whereas I see a cop and I'm, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm going going, going 45. Maybe I should be going 42. Where is my insurance? My Maybe my okay. ass should already pull over okay. right now. <laughs> right. My ID is in my <laughs> left pocket. If they say something, if I do get pulled over, I'm going to just put it in a cup holder. I'm going to put it in a cup holder <laughs> so I don't even have <laughs> to my reach in My phone is pocket. black
1: and it might be perceived as a weapon. So let me fucking throw that bitch under the seat or some shit. <laughs> you know, like
2: right. Let me let me tu- let me turn the screen on right, so they know right. it's a phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want I, I want them to be aware of all these things, but not have to take right. it every right. time they I see you. a cop. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for taking the time to kick it with us on the Black Life Pod. Unfortunately, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Some of the same problems previous generations worked to eradicate still persist today. But with the knowledge that progress is a slow process, we continue to bend the arc of the moral universe toward justice no matter how inflexible it may seem. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or, follow us on Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For show updates, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Black Life Pod. That's B-L-A-C-L-I-F-E-P-O-D. Or, email us at info at blacklifepod.com We'll be back again next Thursday for another great conversation. Love yourself. Love one another. Till next time.